Western medicine, insurance companies, people are starting to wake up to like the real cost benefits of doing these, you know, quote unquote, alternative modalities that people have been doing for thousands of years successfully in villages in the Himalayas and all over the world. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. Kelly Gores is the director and executive producer of the documentary Heal. She spent 20 years in front of the camera before deciding to turn her attention into filmmaking. And in 2012, she launched Elevative Entertainment, an independent production company based in Beverly Hills and transitioned into a career of writing and producing. She considers her latest project, Heal, her greatest passion and life's work, as it shares the powerful message that it is never too late for the body to heal. I was so inspired by this documentary when I saw it two years ago on Netflix that I wanted to reach out to Kelly to talk to her more about what is currently inspiring her and what she thinks the biggest blocks to our healing is. I also talked to her about her new book, which is out now, and I'm so excited to share her book with all of you And I am just so excited to have had her as a guest on the podcast for our new season. And I can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Here is Kelly Gores. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Radically Loved Radio. As per usual, I'm very excited, but actually right now I'm even more excited than any other interview I've ever done because... There is somebody sitting right across from me who I really admire and I'm really excited to meet. It's like when you meet a unicorn in person. Um, <laughs> so Kelly Gores is with us. Did I say your last name right? I Perfect. Did right. Okay, good. Um, I'm going to even leave that on there so people can know that, you know, it's like I'm normal, like a normal person. We all We all have to, you know, question ourselves sometimes. So anyway... I am really excited to have you on the show. Thank you for allowing me to come into your space. Thank you so much for having me and, and to be called a unicorn. That's like one of the highest compliments. <laughs> yes. So um, like many people out there, I am a huge fan of the documentary that you made. And I actually found it. Uh, it's called Heal. And it's a documentary about um, an alternative, alternative methods of healing. And in a sense, to me, it's a conglomeration of experts from all over who are experts in different types of healing modalities that you compiled to create this like beautiful masterpiece of information. It's like taking the highlight reels of what all of these experts do and you just put it together, which is amazing, especially for somebody like me that's into all the woo-woo stuff people could say. You know, I have a little bit of a hang-up about that, and we could talk about that too, but one of the things that 
I, I found fascinating because I found it during a health crisis, which I'm sure a lot of people, that's how they find alternative methods. Um, and when I watched it, I was just so inspired. And it was, was interesting is I was really inspired by you and your quest and your journey and uh, this, this process that you went through, you not being on a health crisis, so to speak. Um, and I was just really fascinated by your curiosity and um, your, your process in creating this. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Um, but first of all, I, I just want to say thank you again for giving me the time to be here. Absolutely. So one of the things that I, I want to ask you about is in the process of our healing, like if there's people listening that are on a health journey or even in a health crisis, how do we begin to even step into the healing process when there are so many distractions? Mm-hmm. It's a tough question. I know. It's a big one. Um, yeah, you know, oftentimes when we, in, in, in a true crisis, you know, it's something that's very scary, um, something debilitating, something that totally changes our lives and um, usually is accompanied by fear and stress and exhaustion and not feeling good. And pain. Um, so, you know, it's really easy to, to fall into victimhood. And that is okay and it's human, but we don't want to stay there because when you're in victimhood, you feel powerless. You give your power away to a doctor or an outside source. And really, what the documentary um, and what all of these teachers that I put in the documentary share is that, you know, we are our own greatest healer and the answers lie within us. And um, so, you know, it's okay to be a victim for a minute and feel sorry for ourselves, but then the first step is always to really accept what is coming because we, a lot of us are constantly resisting life Mm -hmm. and that's what causes stress, emotional stress. Um, And like being on the freeway down here, it took you twice as long to get here and that's stressful, you know, because you're, you're a considerate person, you're worried about my time. You're, you know, it's, it's uncharacteristic for you to be late. So all these things were resisting the fact that you just can't move forward because there's a car in front of you. Yeah. On the freeway. So same with illness, you know, if say we get, God forbid, a diagnosis of cancer or um, some chronic illness, you know, where we have to look at our lifestyle and, and make very uncomfortable changes. Um, you know, the first, the first, and I think the most, I mean, the most the biggest lesson that I got in, in all of this research is that, you know, the crucial thing about a healing journey is we need to come to a belief, and it's, and it's a spiritual belief, that life is working for us at all times, that life, that our source energy, that whether you call it God or the universe or just life, whatever you call it, um, is working for us. And everything doesn't happen to us, it happens for us. So, you know, a lot of people talk about their cancer journey and if they've come out the other side and, and, and healed, um, they say cancer was their greatest gift because it woke them up and they started making better choices and started loving themselves more and, and yeah. taking care of themselves. So all of that to say, you know, I think it's really important to um, understand after after our moment of fear and all the emotions that we go through once we get a, a daunting diagnosis that 
really trust that life is working for us. And, 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 and once you drop that resistance, once you accept what's happening in your life, then you, you can free up energy that you need to heal and also free up mental energy that you know, can make you more aware of the right answers coming to you. You can hear your int intuition louder. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're open and available to the answers because life, ne you know, God, whatever, the, again, the term, never gives you more than you can handle, you know. Mm. So it's it's a lesson. Um, there's always a blessing and a lesson in every diagnosis. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I totally believe that. And that's what the whole... Uh, ethos of radically loved is it's like that we are radically supported or loved by God source baby Buddha baby Krishna baby G whatever higher power of your understanding that the universe works for us and not against us and I I find it when you're feeling empowered that that's a very easy frequency to be on mm -hmm. right but it's those moments where we feel disempowered or stress out or there's things I'm saying out of our control like in air quotes because sometimes we're in a position where we're depleted and we, we don't know why we're stuck and we're almost addicted to um, the feeling of being sick and tired, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So when people are in that space, and, and you've talked about this in interviews you've done um, about uh, uh, how Marianne Williamson talks about you're either operating from a state of fear or a state of love, and let's say you are in that state of fear, but you don't know you're in a state of fear. How do you assess that you're in that state? I know. And like you said, it's like when you're feeling empowered, when mm -hmm. things are going right, it's a lot easier oh, to yeah. stay on that train. Yeah. It's and like everything is amazing. Yeah, life is totally for me. <laughs> yeah, has totally. My the universe has, the universe my, back. has my back. Yeah. Um, but when you're sick or when you're scared, you know, or things aren't working out, or things aren't working out. Yeah. You're, you're just like, life is not for me. This is not the way things should be. Why am I feeling this? Why am I faced with this? Why don't I have the money to pay for this? Whatever it is. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, and it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it's really hard, even especially when you're sick, because most recently, a year ago, um, I, I was recently pregnant and the whole first mm -hmm. trimester, I was like deathly nauseous. I mean, it was not morning sickness. It's like all day sickness and all like 11 AM to 11 PM. I was just nauseous. And of course I'm sitting out here preaching like, Oh, you know, stay positive <laughs> and all this stuff. And I'm sitting in bed, just like crying and you know, it's just like, I cannot pull my shit together. You know what I'm like? How am I supposed to tell people when they're struggling right. to be, you know, think positive thoughts? Right, right. And, and I, I can't do it, you know? So there's, you have to take what you can handle in little baby steps. And, and of course I like, you know, I was sitting there with nothing. I couldn't do anything. So I was just watching, binge watching a lot of stuff. So I was, I was mindful of the content I'm consuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, you know, laughter and, and levity can really make you physically feel better. So you just have to start where you're at yeah. and do the best you can. I love that you're speaking to the input, right? Like what we're putting in, even the things that we're watching or seeing. How do you think that even like social media plays a role into how we feel? Oh, God. I mean, I think it's evident in the fact that so sadly, you know, the 
incidence of anxiety and depression among especially teenagers yes. who are the most, you know, voracious social media consumers. Um, you know, the fact that everybody's more anxious and depressed than ever before shows that, you know, social media content is, you have to be very mindful and vigilant about what you're consuming and who you're following and, and what your thoughts are about who you're following. So a lot of us are falling into a trap of comparing mm. ourselves and feeling really shitty because we're comparing ourselves to this photoshopped, filtered, really curated life, you know, that are only showing the good parts, you know, mm -hmm. not really showing the reality of of life. And that's great. And it's all good for business and everything. But we just, we need to really be, it's all about awareness, right? Yeah. We need to be aware um, of how we feel when we're on social media. If it's stressing us out, we got to put our phone away. We need to disconnect. We need to go, a lot of us, including myself, especially if you live in like an urban mm -hmm. location, mm -hmm. we don't, we're totally disconnected from nature. And nature is one oh. of the biggest healers on the planet, you yeah. know? Um, and, and, healer or just prevention medicine, you know? So I just encourage everyone to just be mindful of how they feel when they're on social media and like start to follow more people that make you feel good, that inspire you, that don't make you feel shitty. Unfollow those people. Yeah. Um, and, and just pay attention to how you feel and then, you know, really learn to disconnect because if you're feeling anxious after scrolling and feeling that everybody else in the world has their shit together, everybody else has more followers and likes, mm -hmm. like you just need to disconnect and get back to reality because that isn't reality. That no. Is, you know. And that's the thing. It's like comparison is the biggest joy kill, right? So how are you supposed to be in a state of feeling empowered or feeling good when you're constantly looking at what el what everybody else is is doing? And it's so interesting because I, I know that I have a, a young... Uh, sister it's what is gen y what's after gen x gen y i don't gen <laughs> I don't whatever know what generation she's I am. 21 okay. you know and she's in college and the amount of time that i would see her spend on social media was just insane or even my like i have little cousins that are all in in that same age bracket and all of them have minus reg my little sister um are all on antidepressant anti-anxiety medication um you know, and I, and you, as an outsider, you can see, especially for me, it's like, this is what I do for a living, you know, trying to implement different things that they can incorporate into their lives, yoga, meditation, um, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos that are going to make you feel good and empowered and excited. And instead, that's just not what is aesthetically pleasing. That's not they want to laugh. They want to see, you know, fun Instagram. They want to see the beautifully curated Instagram feed. And and then they don't feel good afterwards, mm -hmm. you know? So it's this this vicious cycle that that just continues, especially with kids that age. And for me, you know, with all the work that you've done, what I, what I feel like uh, what I, I love, you know, all the work that you've done. And the only feeling I get sometimes is, why did why didn't we learn this in school? Like why didn't we learn this when we were younger? Like or why didn't I know about this before? You yeah, know? I think that I mean our whole education system needs to have an overhaul and obviously the more conscious your parents are the better chance that you learn right. how to process your emotions and 
you know, develop self-awareness earlier, you know, mm-hmm. most yeah. of us don't develop it until later Yeah, because we're on our own journey. Yeah. Right? Cause we, cause we need it because we're looking for something. Yeah. My grandmother was, um, like in, uh, in her little like village where she grew up, she was a, a curandera, right? Yeah, so she yeah. was like a healer, you know? So when she came to the U S she like, of course, you know, what do you do? You attract like attracts like. So she attracted all this like community of little like abuelitas, you know, like little grandmas in our neighborhood, you know, to do prayer circles and to do these kinds of things. And when I was little, I was like, this is weird. I was like, this is so weird. Like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And it was so interesting to, you know, go through the, the transformation of my life of growing up in a you know, gang riddled environment with like drugs and, um, alcohol and domestic abuse and just being in this really bad area during the LA riots and, you know, like in East Los Angeles and growing up that way. And then finding that there are alternative methods, you know, what, what spun me on my journey was getting diagnosed with, uh, anxiety, having extra systole. Like I got a heart murmur because I was like, you know, smoking pot and, you know, just doing all these things that, you know, as a teenager, you do going through all this process because I'm like, oh, there's no way that, that the way I grew up affected me. Like all my friends grew up the same way. Like what, is it not normal to experience a drive-by shooting and to like see somebody get stabbed and stuff? Like that's just normal, right? Mm -hmm. That's just normal life. But then as you grow up, you start to have all these things manifest. Like my parents couldn't figure out why I had insomnia and why I had a really hard time uh, being alone, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so it was interesting to just see. Fortunately, this that's when yoga and meditation came into my life as a teenager, you know. And then I started to find like, why isn't this being taught? Like, even kids or, or younger or kids now being taught that sitting and being still for a moment can really help breathing mm-hmm. right you speak to this too so yeah I mean I mean okay we can have a whole conversation about how the education system <laughs> is, is messed up hey guys Tori here sorry to cut in but uh Rosie's just had a major snack accident <laughs> so a snack accident is something that happens quite often in our household and I will tell you about my new favorite obsession my new favorite snack accident skinny dipped almonds when I was little I used to love eating an entire bag of chocolate covered peanuts. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it to your imagination to what those very specific chocolate covered peanuts were. As I got older and got more health conscious, I found that almonds were just a much better option. And when I found skinny dipped almonds at the grocery store, I became quickly obsessed with them. And unlike the other brand of snacks, skinny dipped almonds are actually made with real ingredients. There's nothing artificial about them, no artificial flavors or colors, no sugar additives. And it's powered by plant protein, which I love. And they are naturally gluten-free, which is amazing for somebody like me that has celiacs. So If you are curious about trying my new favorite obsession, visit skinnydipped.com and use my code RADLOVE15, that's R-A-D-L-O-V-E 15, to get 15% off your entire order. Try the dark chocolate peanut butter, which uh, (laughs) is 
really good. I laugh because I can eat an entire bag in one sitting and not feel bad about it at all, which I've done on several occasions. I'm really excited about their new dark chocolate peppermint because the holidays are coming up and it's always so nice and cozy to try a snack that doesn't make you feel guilty or bad or like you have just had too much. So check them out at skinnydipped.com and don't forget to use the promo code RADLOVE. 15. And now back to our show. But I, I think that with the, you know, going back to your, your journey and your path and how you're bringing this information to the masses in different ways. Um, do you feel like as, as the, a general population, just as our Western society are prepared enough to take on some of these practices? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm just like, I get, I'm seeing so many documentaries. I'm seeing, I'm getting, people are coming to me with these um, ventures of wellness ventures and tech ventures that Mm -hmm. they want, you know, they're looking for investors, but I'm just like, I'm pretty blown away at how mainstream meditation, breath work, yoga, I mean, yoga has been mainstream for a while, um, but how, you know, Western medicine, insurance companies, people are starting to wake up to like the real cost benefits of doing these, you know, quote unquote, alternative modalities that people have been doing for thousands of years successfully in villages in the Himalayas and all over the world. Um, You know, acupuncture, all traditional Chinese medicine, they've been doing. So these shouldn't be alternative. These should be our staples. Um, and and again, like in the film, we're not anti-Western medicine. There's some amazing. Thank God we have that technology and yeah. and and the you know pills for emergencies and acute situations. But to learn, you know, the the science and the research behind how these kind of quote unquote woo woo or holistic uh, modalities are actually helping you heal and supporting your body. So if you are going through a Western course of chemotherapy, for instance. There's so many things you can do and you need to do to support your immune system because it's also being wiped out by chemo, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's, it's additive. It's not, it's not either or, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. I like that. It's about adding things in as opposed to taking things out. It's like, where, how could we open up our, um, healing toolkit to add more stuff yeah, in? Yeah. Toolkit. Exactly. Yeah. No, I really like that. What do you see? What do you see as the biggest hindrance to our mental healing? Um, I think you know. I think it's just social conditioning. I think mm. that you know we've just been conditioned that um, our power lies with a doctor who's gone through eight years of studying and residency and, and, and all of the stuff. So that, so we, we, we've given our power away. We think they're smarter than we are. Um, but things are evolving. We have access to so much more information. We can, we can look on and, and find any scientific research paper and look up any condition and any pill, you know, we can do our own research mm-hmm. now. And more and more doctors are becoming, are switching because the, the Western model is not sustainable anymore. So they're, they're, flipping over to like a more integrative and, and functional medicine model. Um, so I think conditioning is part of it. We, we just, you know, 
we fall into so much fear when we get a diagnosis because we're just not educated on our own because mm-hmm. we've just always been taught that we don't need to learn about it because the doctors know about it. And if there's a problem, we go to the doctor and they solve it. Well, that's not happening anymore. We need to learn as much about our bodies. We need to, A, learn how they work and how everything is connected in this brilliant mm-hmm. system that is designed to heal, mm-hmm. baseline. Um, and then we need to learn that symptoms uh, and conditions are actually your body trying to talk to you and go, wake up, there's an imbalance that you have, you know, 95% of the time, you have some sort of control over. You know, there's there's 2 to 5%, most of the experts say, uh, there's genetic conditions out there that there's not much you can do by, by changing your lifestyle or your mindset or healing emotional trauma. But the other 95% of conditions, you can, and it's epigenetics, you can make different choices and you turn on different genes and turn off the negative genes, you know? So I think it's just... Um, the, the biggest hindrance, you know, obviously a lot of us also, and back to the education, it's even, even myself, you know, um, we're, we're not taught how to process our emotions mm-hmm. properly and in a healthy way. And so the more you can, at a young age for all you youth out there, you know, the earlier that you can learn about how to process emotions in a healthy way and really take care of yourself and allow yourself to grieve, um, monitor the content you're consuming, make sure it's not negative and fear-based and, and causes you anxiety. Um, all of those things are going to, you know, make a tremendous difference in our system because mm-hmm. we're starting to wake up and take control of our health back. Yeah. Um, that just, did you ever watch Monsters, Inc.? <gasps> I that did, movie? but it's so long Do you ago. Know? I okay. I, I haven't seen it in a long time too, but it's something that I think about a lot because in the movie, like, the monsters, they scare the kids because the fear fills up their power tank. Mm. And then at the end of the... Sorry, spoiler spoiler alert. <laughs> if you've never seen this, I'm about to give away the ending. So you can fast forward it cover or cover your ears. Um, but at the end, what happens is they, they find that laughter is way more powerful than, uh. than the screams than scaring these kids. Oh, they find, that. you know, and it's this whole journey about they, they follow these two monsters around and it's really cute. I I mean I loved it. I it's like, you know, my little sister is responsible for me watching all of these. Whatever <laughs> I watched it on my own, I'm just gonna admit it. Um <laughs> but yeah, so I think about that and and I in fact I thought about it while I was watching Heal because I was like, wow, this is so interesting how the power of of our mind, what we believe, our conditioning, how all of this plays a role. You know, if you've been told your entire life that only this form of healing medicine is going to restore you back to health, I feel like we close ourselves off to what the possibilities are. It's like being, um, you know, uh, compartmentalizing everything in your life like oh this belongs here this relationship belongs here this belongs here and if things are out of order it's just like there's chaos right we we're not open to the multifaceted uh, foundation of what healing is in an emotional spiritual um, you know perspective Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious to hear what what you think about the relationship between our spiritual health and nature or being out in nature? Oh, 
Well, um, I think that the earth as an organism is, is kind of a macrocosm of the human body. I think that just as our bodies can heal and regenerate and rejuvenate, um, if we give it the proper care, nutrients, sleep, rest, uh, movement, clean water and clean, you know, food, um, our bodies can totally regenerate and come back from like pretty gnarly, uh, states <laughs> and, and just like the, the earth as well. So I feel like the earth, you know, I always love these comparisons between like the trees, which literally take the carbon dioxide out of the air and transform it and transmute it into oxygen, which then sustains all of life on the planet. And our lungs, if you look at the like I, alveoli or whatever that, however <laughs> you say it, um, it looks like an image of a tree. So it's it's just this beautiful reflection. Um, the human body is, is like it's this microcosm of the universe and earth and life, you know. So, I mean, that's where I go when you ask the spiritual connection between mm -hmm. nature. But I just think, you know, Buddha found enlightenment in a flower. There's so much healing that comes from nature. Just, you know, there's scientific studies about if you're in a hospital recovering from a surgery, you heal twice as fast um, if you have a window looking out over nature than you do if you don't have a window in your room. Heal twice as fast. So nature is profound and just like the beauty of nature, the vibration, everything has a frequency. So getting out in nature, putting your feet in the ground, mm -hmm. you know, um, the negative ions, the negative ionic charge is really antioxidant. So it, it takes away free radicals, you know, same thing after a thunderstorm or being next to, to the ocean, like all of that stuff is, is literally and backed by research healing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So for the, the people that are listening that maybe don't have access to that or live in a concrete jungle or, you know, they're in a place where they don't have, they're listening to this in their office in the basement of a building, like <laughs> what can they do to get how often do they need to go out and take that medicine in and what's something that they can do to begin to implement that in their life? Yeah. I mean, if they can on the weekends, even if they have a backyard lawn, you know, small patch of lawn. Like, I know. Just your, like any, any dirt. Yeah. yeah. Um, they also do sell earthing mats where you um, plug them in or even sheets for your bed. Uh, where you can plug it into a grounded outlet at your house and it gets the same effect um, as if you're putting your feet in the earth. So it's not as, you know, holistically healing <laughs> as the fresh air and the picture of the tree, but you got to do what you got to do. Right. If, you're, if you're in a basement, yeah, I would yeah. get an earthing mat to put under your desk yeah. and, and, you know, work in your bare feet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you do what you can. Fresh air, get as, you know, going outside, even like getting out from the basement and going outside and just breathing in fresh air and getting out of the four walls and all of the invisible, you know, radio waves and Wi-Fi and all this mm. stuff. This It takes a toll on your body even though they're invisible. You yeah. Know? And looking at a screen, our eyes yes. aren't meant to look at screens and that for sort that of lighting long. for that long. Yeah. Like whatever happened to the days where we just would go and like just go outside and like not have – the other thing that I notice when people are outside is they're on their phone. Oh, you know, I'm like a big fan of going on an epic walk. Like yeah. I love walking Walking's and, so you know, uh, I might listen to music, but most of the time I just like, just, I'll leave my phone at home and I'm like, I'm just going to go for a walk, like a 20 minute walk, yeah. you know? 
um, but without any distractions, mm-hmm. you know, like, sorry, I'm like, we can have a whole other podcast yeah. about distractions, <laughs> but, but like what happened to the days where we could just go be bored, you yeah. know, or yeah. like go just think. Yeah. Cause we didn't have access to all this information. And so we have a thought and we're like, Oh, we got to Google out and find out more about it. Or, Oh my gosh, I forgot to do this. So, you, you know, I remember the days of pay phones where oh, yeah. we didn't check in with our parents until we found a pay phone and it was a wonderful break. I mean, and you were just present with your friends. Yes. You're in a, you know, well, here's my feeling on this younger generation and they hear me on my soapbox all the time. But back then, like, you know, I remember that you, when you were actually with your friends, you were with your friends. Now I see groups of friends and I get excited just seeing like a group of, you know, girls hanging out or something. Everybody's on their phones. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, you guys are sitting there together on your phones, you know, yeah. like before, what would we do? Like go to the mall or like, you know, go yeah. to the beach or go on a, you know, go down Melrose or do something yeah. where it required us to actually be present. Like flip phones, you couldn't text or no, whatever, exactly. you know. Or pager. Oh, I'm my like, God. You know? Yep. Somebody's paging me. Class of 97. Yeah. Right? I know <laughs> I'm like 2001, so we're like pretty close, yeah. you know? So, okay, sorry. Yeah, we, we, I just want to No, but it's true. And, and there's all this subconscious, um, you know, if, if we're at a dinner table and our phone is out, just subconsciously, even if they're not even aware they have this belief, you, the brain of the person that you're with is collecting information that your phone is more important than they are. And it, at, over time, that takes a toll on relationships, you know, whether it's your partner or your friends. It's like friends. So it's like we feel this false connection. Yeah. And connection is everything. That's why, like, even social support groups, there's all this research yes. that, like, community and connection are so healing and mm-hmm. so necessary. And it's how the ancient... Um, cultures used to do it. And yeah. your grandmother would know this the best. It's like if someone's sick in a village, like everybody's helping and taking care of and around and mm-hmm. connecting. And, you know, when a woman has a baby, everyone in the village is letting her heal for the first 40 days and they're taking care of the baby and bringing her food and, and taking care of her. So, you know, we think we're connected because we have 50,000 friends on Facebook or 500 friends on Facebook or whatever and on Instagram. But, we are actually more disconnected than ever. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why people, depression rates are going up I because totally they feel that. there's yeah. an epidemic of isolation. Yes. Well, here's the thing. Like, I feel like technology has provided us uh, a great tool for us to communicate with thousands of people, which is, I think is amazing. And I, and I don't have, I'm not, you know, hating on, you know, tech. I, I love tech. I mean, we're doing this because of technology, you know, um, but I think that in an effort to create more disconnection, it's created more isolation because now we think, oh, like all my friends are in my phone, you know, like they're all in here. But we need to actually have the physical connection because there's some magic that still happens between two people when they're connecting. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to do interviews in person because they're just like a different, there's a different connection that's happening. We're having a conversation and, and everybody's listening to this conversation, but there's still two people, two souls in a room dancing together. Mm-hmm. And I find that we we just, we need that. And I, I think that that's part of why, you, like you said, depression is so high, anxiety is so high, because it's a false sense of connection mm-hmm. when we're on social media with all our friends. Like, 
how many of those people can you actually call when you need somebody? Most of the time, even if we need something, we're going to post like, oh my God, living my best life, hashtag amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you go home and you're totally sad and depressed and you can't figure out why. Mm-hmm. You don't know why you feel so disconnected when you just had like 50 people like your picture. Mm-hmm. You know, but how many of those 50 people can you actually go sit and have a conversation with and yeah. talk about life or what you believe or what you want to create? You know. Yeah, and I think the structure, it, and I don't know the exact science of what is released in the brain, but I'm guessing it's like dopamine, um, the pleasure neurochemicals. Yeah, yeah. When you get a like, when you get a lot of positive feedback from a post or whatever, it literally is like a drug reaction in your brain where it releases an over amount of dopamine. And so it's a hit, it's a high, it's a temporary thing. Yeah. But what goes up must come down. So you go on these little mini peaks and valleys all day and, and it's it's not organic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not real. And then when you're not getting that hit, you're craving it. So you're looking, so it's this, it's this false, it's false connection. It's false and it's connection. false high. Yeah. And when you're just with your friends, it's just a more yeah. organic, slow yeah. release of dopamine. Yes, you know? and the thing is, like, it's, we know what we know fake Mm -hmm. like that's the thing like we can we can feel authenticity and truth from a mile away Mm -hmm. you know we know it the minute we see something or somebody's post or there's somebody we're just like eh, like i don't know about that it just seems a little forced that story was like whatever i'm not gonna buy your program like you know it just feel we know when people are being real you know we 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 can feel the the realness of somebody Mm -hmm. um Part of what I, I find fascinating in that, nature takes a long time to flourish. Mm. A tree takes a long time to grow. A flower takes a long time to bloom. Grass takes a long time to grow. But yet we don't give ourselves the same respite that nature gives mm-hmm. in order to be able to feel the growth of that. You know, we want to do everything quickly. We want to grow everything quickly. We want to get better quickly. Mm-hmm. But we just don't give ourselves the time and space to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What do you think? And there's all this, you know, convenience is key and luxury buys you convenience, mm. and but the the pace that we're all going at right now, because we're getting inundated with information, and because we see someone like Zuckerberg becoming a billionaire at twenty two years old or whatever, like you know, we just feel this pressure mm. to move at lightning speed, and we just it's not sustainable, you know, um, and people feel like if they're you know, if, if having the flu or having a cold is like the perfect example. Like our body, it's our body. It's a it's a reaction. Fever is your body's way of moving the virus out of your body through sweat or or your elimination systems. You know, and and to take a medication that suppresses the fever or or suppresses the you know all of these these ways your body is naturally getting rid of this, you have to give yourself time. You have to give yourself 10 to 14 days for a cold, you know, Mm -hmm. and you have to like rest and Mm -hmm. feed it fluids Mm -hmm. and vitamin C and all of these things. But most people just want to take something to suppress the symptoms, which is just going to break down your body over time. So we're not allowing the natural processes to unfold and and supporting our body in the, in the, in the way that we're designed, you know? I'm like, we could do a whole nother podcast on that. (laughs) I want to be respectful of your time. So I just have two more questions for you. Sure. Um, 
One of them being uh, you're a mom. You have like a five-month-old. She's five exactly. months. Exactly. Yeah. And um, obviously, you guys are going to be like the best parents on the planet because you guys are woke, <laughs> which is amazing. Let's hope. Um, what, what is your biggest hope for your daughter? Mm. My biggest hope for my daughter is... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's that she doesn't have to waste much time. I mean, little traumas will happen along life. It's just life. But if we can give her tools and a really solid emotional, intelligent foundation from the get-go, um, hopefully she won't have to spend as much time as you and I have to undo the unconsciousness that we were raised in, you know? And again, we have wonderful parents and your grandmother was a, a healer. Like, they could be very awakened in their own ways, but just environment or whatever, like, you, we spend a lot of time going back and, and healing the past and um, and learning tools later in life. So if I can give her the tools from the get-go, mm -hmm. like, she can just spend time more serving and and expressing her passion and her gifts rather than than you know she's gonna have to learn and, and un, unwind some stuff but give her a good baseline so that she doesn't have to waste too much time doing that and mm. she could just express her gifts you know oh I love that yeah oh. um what is your definition of freedom Freedom, I think, is, freedom for me would be, <laughs> you know, what I'm trying, what's up, what I'm after, um, would be just a total trust that life is always for us and never against us, mm. so that even, like, the most challenging relationship that I'm facing, and I know she's a big teacher of mine, and I wish she would just go away, but she's, I'm stuck with her, um, you know, even like to the point where it's just not healthy to even be around her, but we're stuck mm -hmm. with her for, for, for reasons, um, you know, to, to really understand and not be triggered, you know? So freedom is trusting, like to be in total understanding and belief that life is for you. God is, God is good, um, and everything is working out for the, our soul's evolution. Three, to be just able to be compassionate all the time and understand that people's shit has nothing to do with me mm. um, and they're doing the best they can um, and hurt people, hurt people. So they're, they're in pain, you know, more than the pain they're causing me. <laughs> so to be able to be in compassion, to be in trust, and then to um, really heal that lack of self-worth that I think is inherent in all of us for whatever the reason, like mm -hmm. to just know that I'm enough, be okay with making mistakes and just know that I'm pure. I'm good. I'm inherently good. I'm doing the best I can and to not seek approval or not take things personally. Like that mm. would be freedom to be in compassion, to be in trust and to, to, to totally accept myself. That is like the, the best response I've ever heard because it's such a process to get 
to that place of feeling freedom, but to be able to articulate it in that way is amazing. Mm, Thank thank you. you. For the people listening to this podcast, and they want to uh, follow you or see what you're up to or see if there's any new stuff coming out, where can they go for more information? Sure. Um, Instagram and Facebook, you can follow at Heal Documentary. There's a lot of good content and then, you know, we're, we're often doing summits and creating more content with the experts and with new experts. Um, me personally, I'm at Kelly Gorris, G-O-R-E-S. Um, I'm not as active on Twitter, but I need to learn to be. I'm pretty active on Instagram. Um, so yeah, and the, we, the book is coming out October 22nd and would love for you to get it or gift it to someone. Holidays are coming up and, and you know, the, the hope is that it's inspiring and empowers people with tools that they can implement and, and make change, positive changes in their life. Yeah, so if, if you're listening to this on uh, your podcast platform, if you go to the info button, all of the links that Kelly just mentioned are going to be there. We are also going to be giving away 10 copies of the book. So if you're listening to this and you tag both Kelly and myself on Instagram, uh telling us why you would love to read this book, um, then we at Radically Loved will send you a copy uh, for the first 10 people. So ready, go. Um, And if you're watching this or if you're listening to this on YouTube, the same links will be on there as well. So the final question, um, Kelly, is about this podcast and this forum and why I created it. And as I said in the beginning, it's it's this idea that we are radically loved and supported by God, source, universe, whatever higher power of your understanding. So the final question for you is how do you feel radically loved? (laughs) First thing that came to me was when my little girl Riley like hugs me. And she's doing that so much. I pick her up and she like puts her head right here and she like literally puts her arms around me, her little five month monkey arms oh around me. God. And she, I mean, I'm just like, this is it. This is all I need in the world. I am loved. You know what I mean? I love that. Oh, I can't wait to meet her. Yeah. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank Fellow you so unicorn. Much. I appreciate it. Oh my show. goodness. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for listening. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.